Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw with a fun new episode of I've Got a Secret. This episode is all about entertaining, sharing good drinks and good food with the people you love. Author, recipe developer, and event planner Elizabeth Van Leard is known as the millennial Martha Stewart, garnering an impressive following on her blog and Instagram page, both called The College Housewife. Her blog is so much fun and aims to inspire everyone to embrace their inner hostess and make staying in just as special as going out. This is the secret to everyday entertaining. So excited to have you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Your office is so nice. You're so lovely. I'm so excited to chit chat with you. Thank you very, very much for saying that. And I have been looking so forward to everything we're going to talk about today, Elizabeth, because first of all, I want to tell all of the listeners just how absolutely adorable and fun you are. Just at the time we've spent together before we started the podcast, you have just this vivacious, beautiful fun spirit about you. Oh, you're so nice. I think we need to go out for margaritas. You're like the best hype woman. (laughs) Oh, I love that idea already. Let's just can the podcast for a while and go have that margarita. Okay. I hear you're a tequila girl. I am a tequila girl. (laughs) I love that. I love that that's getting around town. (laughs) But I also want want to tell the listeners that I'm holding this beautiful cookbook of yours. Of course, we're going to have photographs of it on the website. I've got a secret with Robin McGraw is where everyone can go to see this cookbook. I am so impressed that someone as young as you can put together such a gorgeous cookbook. Thank you so much. It is my passion project. I don't have any children, so I call it my baby. It is just everything to me. And I really poured my heart and soul into it. So I'm so happy you like it. And I love gifting it to people because not only did I write it, but I do feel like it makes a really nice gift to give to people. Um, People are always looking for like fresh ideas for holidays and things like that. And I think it's really inspiring. Well, thank you so much for gifting it to me today. When I opened it, I was blown away. And I told you then I collect cookbooks. My mother collected cookbooks. My grandmother did. You know, I can remember when my mother would get a cookbook. She literally would open it and read it cover to cover as if it was a novel. She loved to cook. And so I think that's kind of my reason for collecting cookbooks. I don't read them cover to cover like she did, but I do thumb through them and look for new dishes to prepare. And I was instantly obsessed with your cookbook because of the beautiful images inside this cookbook. And I want the listeners to know that when I opened it again, I thought, wow, you have your heart and soul in this cookbook because not only is it huge, it's like a beautiful, it's a big beautiful. Honker. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Big, it's one of the bigger cookbooks the publisher has come out with recently. It was we had it at like 
300 pages and we had to cut it way, way, way down because there were so many good images and we just really wanted it to be like imagery heavy and inspiring. And I love that you said she read it cover to cover as like a book because all of the little paragraphs about each recipe, I tried to intertwine like a story or a moment. So you can kind of read it as, you know, a storybook or, um, you know, almost like little chapters for yes. each recipe. So it's, it's fun to read. And people always comment in, they're like, it's not only a good cookbook, it's fun to read because I can kind of like picture myself in the recipe scenarios. And I love that for people. So oh, I'm there's a little so bit dreaded. of that. I, yeah. You know what? I think I will do that. I think I will start with page one and I'm going to be thinking of my mother. I'll have her yeah. spirit with me when I do that because I will read this cookbook. It's like an it easy is. read. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's and it's beautiful. So I just encourage all of the listeners to please go out and pick up Everyday Entertaining because it's something that you're going to use for preparing your meals. And I think it's something you're going to use for uh, decorating your kitchen. Yeah, we love to use it as like a coffee table book because it's really bright and vibrant and just is like a nice pop. So it was kind of made to either be a coffee table book or as like your standard kitchen cookbook. We have it in all the rooms. So congratulations. Whatever whatever rolls your, whatever floats your boat. Yes. Yes. Well, congratulations. So let me just ask you, when did you get started with sharing recipes? I started sharing recipes officially my junior year in college. And I started cooking really when I was 18, when I worked at Williams-Sonoma. It was my first job out of high school. I just needed a really quick, easy job. I was going to community college. My dad was like, you have to get out as much as possible and work and do the adult life. So I was like every other teenager. And I went to the mall and I got a mall job at Williams-Sonoma. And little did I know that that would just like change my course and passions in life. I only worked there for about six months or so, but I learned so much from the people that worked there. I think they had every Le Creuset pot memorized, like color, size, like these ladies and gentlemen, but these ladies knew what they were doing. And I just kind of like went under their wing and all throughout college, I just stayed cooking and I was really enveloped in it. And my junior year, I was like, you know what? I had transferred to a university and in Colorado and I didn't have a ton of friends yet. And I was just like finding my way in my own space. And that was when I had like officially moved out. I was like, I'm going to start a blog because I had always liked photography. So I started an Instagram first, actually, uh, my junior year. So I think I was about 21, 22. I don't remember the age, but around that. And it was just like my passion project aside from going, I would go to class and I would come home and I would, you know, cook through different recipes. And then about six months later, I was like, you know what, I want to start posting my own, like I'm having fun doing this, I'm cooking. Um, And so I started a blog then. I love that. And how did you land on the name The College Housewife? I know people always ask this, especially as I get older too. It was for sure an oxymoron. It started out as like a joking thing because one, little did I know I would never think that it would blossom into what it has today. I probably would have named it something else had I did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was total oxymoron. It was just kind of like an innuendo for being in college and really liking to cook and like having people over, which is probably not something that you would do like in tandem going to college and like with rigorous classes and stuff like that. But that was my favorite pastime. I loved having people over for brunch and 
dinners and things like that. That's so cute. So fun. I love it. One of the things that I love about your blog and your book is that you focus on the entertaining aspect of cooking. You love bringing people together, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I think if people are going to really you know, create a little menu for themselves and really go for it. That means they're usually having people over and it can sometimes feel stressful. And the point of the book was just to really like dial it down and inspire people that, Hey, like you can make a couple of dishes and it's not super stressful. You can have your pals over for, we call it power hour, like before you go out to dinner and maybe make a couple rounds of cocktails and an appetizer and just to really use your space and a way that you feel comfortable and not overwhelmed, you know, like whatever is easy for you. If you want to make cocktails and that's it, that's okay. Like it's just about getting people uncomfortable in your space and you being really like owning your own space. I know people say like own your home, but like for me, owning a home is really like feeling comfortable and having yourself in it. And like, you know what I mean? Just, you really feel like people are going to walk in and know that they were with you. I love that. For sure. And you don't have the pressure of entertaining all evening or preparing the entire meal. You at least don't get to have your friends in where you love and and just kind of nurture everyone for a little while. Then you can all go out. Yeah. At least you get to love them and and welcome them and, and just share yourself with them for a while in your space. We did it last Friday. We had our neighbors over because we were all going to go out to dinner. And I was just like, let's all just come over and have a drink and like, you know, get a chance to connect. Um, Cause then you go through dinner and it's so fast. And I feel like it's just a really sweet half hour to connect with people. And when people say like, oh, I don't know if I could throw a whole dinner party. I'm like, that's fine. Like just open up your house a little bit, make some cocktails, have people bring something if you yes. want it to feel more potlucky and easy yes. on yourself. My family has always done that. We always bring like a dish to everybody's house. Love so, that. Yeah, we did it last Friday. Power hour is what I call it. Or like if my girlfriends come over, we'll do it. And we just make a few rounds of cocktails. It's really easy. You could do a batched cocktail. That was kind of like one of the themes in the books too, to like be prepared and not have that stressful moment. Like, oh my gosh, the doorbell is going to ring. Even though my grandpa always told me the best guest is a late guest. And I appreciate that so much. Oh, that's I like fun. love a little five, 10 minute buffer to, you know what I mean? Yes. I'm notoriously late. So that's so yeah. fun. I have to tell you, we have a lot in common. We're oh. very much alike because I <laughs> love having friends over. I love entertaining and I love it to always be fairly casual. Do you and the doc have people over for dinner? Like dinner parties and stuff? We do. We I love to have dinner parties, but I prefer not always casual, but I really do love having friends over. And I always make sure they know this is going to be casual. This is going to be laid back. If you want to bring something, go ahead. But I, I don't stress over it. In fact, I prefer to have them know when you come over, I may just get started setting things out. You know, I don't stress over it. Everything has to be perfect when they get there. Everything has to be just matchy, matchy, whatever. It's just kind of like, I'll I'll be throwing it together when everyone arrives. And I'm fine with that. And I I feel like it puts everyone else a little more at ease when they go, oh, she's not ready. She's not ready either. She's not ready yet. And I, and I have no problem asking them to help. Yes. Can you help me get the glasses out? Can you help me get the napkins out? Can you help me do this? Yeah. I'm I'm throwing together the you know the little crudite plate or whatever. 
So I have no problem not being prepared when they do arrive. So yeah, I always throw out, I try to, a batched cocktail or an easy cocktail and people can just serve themselves if I know it's yes. going to be like a little hectic and a crudite snack, yeah. whatever you yeah, want to yeah, call yeah. it, like something tasty just in case people are hungry. Obviously uh -huh. you're having people over. You don't want them to feel like we're going to wait hours and hours to eat. So a snack and a drink usually holds people over and they're good. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I'll tell you something we have in common is your love of planning tablescapes and all of the personal touches that create a theme or a mood. I am really, really into theme. Oh, nice. Theme, like parties, especially birthday parties for like the grandchildren or whatever. But I'm really big on table themes. Love it. What's been some of your favorites? Well, and this is usually if I'm doing a full-out dinner party. Okay. Now, if it's everyone's going to come over and we're going to just grab a drink or a cocktail or whatever and then go out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I'm throwing a dinner party, I really get into a theme on the table. Okay. So I have, and it starts with like placemats. And I love to do a placemat instead of a tablecloth. Placemats, and then I love to do uh, a color for like the plates and the napkins and everything like that, but especially what goes down the center of the table. So yeah. I've gone from, I did a, a poetry, oh, like I liked nice. books of poetry. And with that, I've done uh, like beautiful uh, wine glasses. And then I will have these beautiful wine goblets that I decorated in the center of the table yeah, with yeah, yeah. candles and the flowers are coming out of the wine glasses and the goblets. And I had this vintage poetry books, but everything was vintage and it was, uh, the theme was just poetry. And then one night I wanted to do Chanel. It was all oh, black and yes. white and I got Chanel pearls. It's very, very on brand. I yes, love I loved yeah. it. So it was all just a Chanel theme. And that was uh, uh, for the girls, it was a girls night. But so when nice. I did the poetry, it was a wine tasting dinner. Oh, and yeah. it was so fun. And I had wine decanters that I used in the, yeah. just down the center of the table. So I always like to have some kind of theme. I feel like sometimes that doing things like that, like how you said, poetry, wine tasting is kind of like a dying art. I do too. I don't feel like people do it as often. And if you like to do it as people like us and, you know, inspired listeners, I feel like we should do it because at the end of the night, it makes people feel so special. I agree. When they walk in and the table is a little bit more dressed up and, mm -hmm. you know, not overly fancy. And like you said, come casual. I yes. love it when people come casual, but then have this like beautiful thing laid out yeah. for them because they think, you know, you've gone the extra mile and uh -huh. like these are the people that you love and you're bringing mm -hmm. them in and it just makes them feel special and you enjoy it. So it's like the best of both worlds combined. I agree. Yeah. I agree. One time I asked everyone to bring up. Uh, a photo of themselves when they were young. Oh, and, yes, I love that. And so they all brought it, and I used their baby photos Okay, all down the center of the table. Cute. It was so much fun. And so they got to put—I put their baby photos not in front of them. And so everyone got to try oh. to figure out whose baby photo was sitting in front yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And such a good conversation starter. Yes. Gets people, yes. We always do, like— something under your plate and it was going to be a little feature in the cookbook but it just didn't end up making it but we've done things like we'll put a celebrity's name under the plate and you can't look at it and you have to kind of like 
put it up and everybody guesses oh, um, yes. different facts about them and tries to get the person to figure out who they have. Oh, or I love we'll do that. like two facts and a lie and you have to like say two facts and a lie about yourself and then people go around and like guess which one is which. And it's great if you have people that don't know each other. If you have girlfriends that have been friends forever, it's a little harder, but it could still be really fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love yeah, so I love being able to come up with something that you are able to sit at the table all night long yes, and visit. and just have the glass of wine, extra yes. glass of wine. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. the best time of the night. Yes, for sure. I agree. A tip yeah. I read of yours is to keep everything in one color theme. Is that right? If you're starting out, yes. I think if I have some friends that would love to do like what we do, and then I have other friends that are like, trying to pick stuff for their registry and not sure what to do. And I'm like, maybe just stay in a color palette that you feel comfortable with and then like branch off from there. Uh -huh. Maybe either a neutral or a pop of color like on your personality. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a safe route for sure when you're trying to like, you know, gather a collection for yourself uh -huh. of table uh -huh. decor. Yeah. And don't you just love this trend of colored glassware? Yes. Oh, my daughter-in-law yes. is so, she is so creative. She has just in the last year, she has done two or three uh, events in at her home. And uh, she did, let's see, just recently, she had a baby shower of her, her own baby shower in the backyard. And she did this most beautiful table of orange and peach colored oh, glassware. Yeah. And then she just hosted us for Easter, uh, for an Easter brunch. And her glassware was this most beautiful, not minty green, but it, just this beautiful yeah. shade of green. Nice pop. Yes. And I was yeah. just like in love. I can't wait when I we go over there to see what she's done on her table. Yeah. Because all of her glassware is just beautiful. I love pink glass. Yes. Pink. So like it's just like peach. Nice she said, touch. Yes. Yeah. She had the most beautiful green bunnies on the table that she'd ordered Cute. from Amazon. So yeah, her tables are so beautiful. Yeah, summer tables are probably my favorite just because flowers are so in season and you're outside. And yeah, that's yes. my wheelhouse right there. Yes, it's been so much fun. Um, are there certain types of meals that you gravitate towards for entertaining a group of people? Yes, I think in the cookbook, there's a chapter called the Alfresco chapter. And it is all about like light, flavorful salads, grilled meats oh. with like fresh herby sauces, um, things that you can prep beforehand, like a panzanella salad I love during yeah. the summer. Um, we have a really easy bean salad too in the book that's just like, I think it's five ingredients or less. You'll have to fact check me. But just really easy salads that you can throw together and have on hand before. And then, like I said, just like grilling off a meat with a delicious sauce that you can make beforehand, um, things like that. I also love like a good platter of enchiladas for more Ooh. of the winter months. Um, so flavorful and filling and just like really hits home for people. Yeah. Um, lasagna is great for having people over. Yes. Just making a big batch and serving great bread and salad and wine. Oh, yeah. Those that are probably some of my so go-tos. Wonderful. Yeah. So keeping it simple really is the best way to go then, isn't it? I think so. I think poor people get so overwhelmed sometimes, like trying, like, oh, we're going to have people over. We have to do this. We have to do that. And I have to check myself too, because I'll start to write a menu and I'm like, oh my gosh, we do not need five sides. Like just... <laughs> 
pick two and move on with the day. Like you don't have to overwhelm yourself. Keep it easy. I always tell people like, go buy dessert. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do everything. Like you're already opening the door. You're doing so much. Like don't feel like you have to make everything from scratch. Like buy salad dressing, like take the shortcuts and do what's easy for you. You know? Yes. I, I have always believed that it is okay to purchase part of your meal. You don't have to make it all yourself. And I will quite often, if there's a salad dressing at a restaurant that I especially love, I like to go buy from that restaurant their special salad dressings. And people like that. Chances are one of your guests also likes it. And they're like, is this the salad from blah, blah, blah? Yes. "Yes." And it just is nice. It's like a nostalgic feeling. Yes, I agree. And there's no... Nothing wrong. You don't have to lie and say you made it yourself. You can own up. Yeah. <laughs> you can own up. Like, I went, ran over and purchased the salad from this so-and-so restaurant. And you just put it in your own dishes, and it's fine. Like, my grandparents are really notorious for doing this my whole life. They've always, like, bought um, really good chicken, like roasted chicken, and then they'll just put it in a dish. And I didn't know up until I was an adult that, like, oh, actually, this is from the chicken place down the street. Like, but we all like it and it's yeah. good. And like, you know, if that's going to be the make or break factor of not being able to have people over, just do it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just okay. Do it. Maybe one day you'll have the time to make the pasta from scratch. But, exactly. you know, we're all busy people and you shouldn't sacrifice your memories. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. just sacrificing memories and having people yeah. over just if you feel like you can't do it. There are too many tricks in the trade. That's right. Yeah. Transfer it to your favorite dish at home. Maybe you have a beautiful bowl, a platter that's been handed down, or you purchase it yourself, but go buy the great chicken down the street and yeah. transfer it to your favorite <laughs> platter or bowl. And My Nana and Papa might kill me for sharing their secrets, but <laughs> I'm doing it. This is all about good secrets. That's right. Anyway. That's right. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Now, we've come to the place in our podcast that we do with every podcast, and that's a drink of the day. Oh. So I think let's do it now. Love that. So I am so excited for this very specific drink of the day, and that's because it's Elizabeth's signature cocktail. Thank you. Look how pretty this is. Wow. Her famous margarita is one of the many incredible drink recipes found on thecollegehousewife.com. So I'm actually going to let Elizabeth take it away and let you know how to make this signature drink of hers. But first, before you do that, Elizabeth, I want want everyone to know that's listening, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you'll see a photo of this beautiful drink. I just love it. So do you want to tell everyone how to make this? Yes. Also, cheers. Thank you. Cheers. This is beautiful. So pretty. Um, this is a blood orange margarita. This is, we'll take a sip, let you know what it tastes like. Oh my gosh. This is so delicious. And wow. truly, um, when I say beautiful, I love this blood orange. I love a midday margarita. This I do is too. great. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, blood oranges is one of my favorite little additives to a margarita. They're not in season all year long, oh, but when wow. they are, 
I love buying them. I mean, you can imagine the look on someone's face when they get this. They just think it's beautiful because it is. It is. The blood orange color gives it a really nice pop, and it doesn't really change the flavor of a margarita too much because I'm a margarita purist, and yeah. I just love the classic flavor. So it's yes. nice. Um, you still get, like, really great hints of tequila and lime and orange liqueur. Wow. It just gives it, like, that, like, flirty edge. I always call it my wing woman cocktail because that's, just that's what it is. It's great. This is probably the best margarita I've ever had, and I truly do love margaritas. Oh, I mean, it's my yay. favorite. This is in the cookbook as well. In the cheers chapter, people always ask me, what's your favorite margarita? Because I'm kind of known for them. Yes. And this is what I tell people. It is so beautiful. I cannot wait for everyone to go to the site and get a good look at this beautiful drink. Yes. Wow. I'm glad you like it. I am in love with it. Amazing. Blood orange. Wow. That's a gorgeous, gorgeous drink. Now that we have our fabulous cocktails, let's talk about this part of entertaining. As you can see, I love having a signature cocktail for the event. Do you agree? Every event should have a signature cocktail. I do like that. I mean, you, you imagine when you go to a wedding, how excited you get to yes. see what the his and hers or his and his, hers and her signature cocktails are. So yes, I think it's fun. I think you can really like tailor to your night too. I know you uh-huh. like to do like Texas themed dinners. Yes. So you could do, you know, margarita or like whatever kind of matches the dinner. It makes people feel like a bit more immersed in yes. what they're doing. Yes. So yes, I'm a yeah. fan for sure. Yeah. So what are some other great cocktails that you can batch easily? Oh, uh, I feel like you can batch a lot of cocktails easily. I mean, I love margaritas. Um, even a frozen cocktail is really easy to batch. Like if you want to do maybe like a three ingredient wine slushy and all you have to do is, you know, a big bag of your favorite frozen fruit, strawberry peaches, dump a bottle of wine in there. And then maybe honestly, you could add whatever to it, but you could add maybe a little honey. If you want it stronger, you could put some vodka in there, more like a sangria. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite big batched cocktails. And people just love a frozen cocktail. There's yes. something about it. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love one that of my idea. secrets, again, that's a good one. Oh, that Remember is that. wonderful. Yeah. Do you focus on food and drink pairings at all? Sometimes. I love your idea of doing a wine dinner. I think that's really mm-hmm. nice. We've done, like, tequila tasting dinners to go with it. Yes. We're big tequila people. So, yeah, I do. I, I try not to get too wrapped up in it because it's so much planning. But uh-huh. yeah, if it fits, for sure. And for event prep, I know you have tips for making your day of duties easier. Yes. So I have an event planning background. That's kind of what I studied in college. And then I did um, event planning professionally the first year after college before I like went full throttle into the blog world. Um, And I think as much as you can prep beforehand food-wise would be my number one tip. Like, Mm -hmm. make sure you have your menu down because, you know, you're there to feed people and there to, like, ultimately, you have to put out something. So plan your menu out for sure and narrow it down Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'll just go a little bit overboard. But make sure, you know, you have... If you're doing a dinner party, like a drink, an app, and then your main dish and maybe a side or two. Yeah, so as much as you can prep beforehand, 
Um, I always like to clean up the house a little bit. Don't feel like you have to go overboard. I mean, people are coming over. They don't expect your baseboards to be yeah. polished clean. But, you know, clean up, freshen up the bathroom, light a few candles, put on your favorite playlist. It will relax you and relax everybody else. Just some funky jams. Let's see what else. Set your table the night before. If you're going to do a nice table, set it the night before. There's no reason why. I love ending the day. Like if I'm prepping before for a dinner or something to set the table the night, like as my last thing I do at night, I'll have a glass of wine, set the table and it just like eases me. I I love setting my table the day before, the night before. I love doing that because, um, and I always will take a paper towel and, uh, put it on every plate oh, nice. just in case dust settles during the day yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I always do that. Uh, or And if I don't do that, then, of course, you want to wipe down the, the plates right before the party starts um, for any dust that maybe has settled or open yeah. your doors because we live in California and we have for our doors sure. open. But, um, but, yes, I love having my table done the day before. It makes it feel festive. It makes you feel like you've decorated almost. You get in the mood more. Yes. It's there. People could take pictures of it if you want. Yes. You know? Yeah. And it just adds to the excitement of the day of the party. It just adds to the excitement when you walk through the room, you see the party, the, the table is already set for the party. It just, yeah, adds to the excitement. Yeah. Yay. So it's so important to not get super stressed out preparing for the meal. It's supposed to be fun, right? Yes. So you have all that extra already done. For sure. And I always tell people to take a beat for themselves before maybe an hour, half hour, however long you need. Go, you know, if you need to change your clothes, if you smell like onions, take a shower. Like from prepping, you know, because you're working. It's like working. So I always just tell people, like, take a half hour for yourself pour a glass of wine, just get into a good mindset because if you're stressed, people will be stressed as soon as you walk through the door. So take a half hour for yourself, do your makeup, whatever that means for you, you know? And I find that if I do that, I'm so much more likely to like enjoy everything and not worry so much about it, you know? That's so true. And then that's, again, that's why it's okay to be still doing some of the preparations once your guests get there. Yeah. If you've taken time for yourself yes. before they get there, you have a chance to just take a deep breath. You yeah. feel like, okay, I'm dressed. I look okay. I, You're ready. I'm not rushed. And I'm all prepared to go back down there now and continue yeah. preparing for the party. I think that is such a good tip. I think it's very important that you feel like you're ready for your guests to show up, even maybe not because the Food's ready. Food's yeah, ready. Yeah. But For you're sure. ready. Yes. Do you like to give your guests a keepsake to take home? Because I think it's such a fun touch if you have planned ahead to have something for them to take home. And maybe it's just you've gotten maybe fun takeout boxes to put a little leftovers in or something that was at the party, something you served them at the party, you had a little extra, like, I don't know, cookies, a part of the dessert. Or just something. Do you like to send your guests home with something? I do. I wish I was that prepared and I could do it every single time. (laughs) Not. But I think um, in the past we've done like glassware. If the glassware is really cool, we'll like send them home with their glass. Kind of like if you did a tasting or something. Yes. Like a colorful glass or an ornate glass, something like that. Um, Just as like a memento thing. And then when they pour a glass of wine in it at home, they'll remember. 
That you is know, so your party, sweet. So. I don't think I've ever thought of that. Now I know yeah. I've I've gone out and purchased um, special teas, like okay. a Japanese tea or a green tea or something that we didn't even serve at the at the, oh, nice. at the party yeah. uh, or, or during the evening or whatever. But um, I've done that before and tied a ribbon around it or yeah. whatever and just. But I always like to send them home with something. True. I mean, if you want to do like really simple, you could even put, you know, like a QR code of the playlist you made for the night and like let people scan it in and like keep it and listen to it again and could remind them of the night. That's a good idea. Sometimes I've written the recipe for the, for the casserole or whatever. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Send them home with the recipe from the night. That's a good one. I like to do that. I like to, and sometimes if it's a, a large group or whatever, I, um, will have someone my you know like Philip or someone at the at the house go put something in the cars. Oh like a little that's a so little nice. goodie basket of candies or something. So they don't even know they're getting it until they get in the car. Oh my gosh, you're so thoughtful. I love that's to do good. that. I love surprises. I love surprises. So when they go out and get in their car to go home there there it is in their car. Oh that's nice. That's One of my fun. girlfriends it reminds me of what you just said. She I'll I'm good at getting giving leftovers. Like I love giving people leftovers. And I gave her a Tupperware and the last time she was at my house, we were still going to like do a few things before the night ended. I think we we're gonna play Monopoly or something. And so she took her leftovers and put them in the fridge and put her keys on top of them. Oh, good and I was idea. like, girlfriend, what are you doing? And she was like, I'll remember to take my leftovers because I have to get my keys. And I was like, that is so smart. I thought it was such that a good tidbit. Right? That is a smart idea. Yeah. Because uh, I have good. girlfriends over all the time, and, and I love it when they take their leftovers yeah. home. It's easy to forget. And they forget. have left them yeah. there before. And like, For oh, sure. no, she didn't take her leftovers. That yeah. is a very good idea. She put her car keys on it. Yeah. Oh, so easy. I remember that. Rosa, you have to put your car keys on your leftovers. That's a good one. <laughs> so you have the best recipes on your website, and they're all so approachable. Does it take you a long time to build out something? Sometimes. If it takes too long, I usually just cut it. Because if I'm struggling with it, chances are other people are going to struggle with it. Uh-huh. So I try to test something a couple of times, and if it feels like it's working, you know, We'll take it and run with it. And if it's not working, I'm like, maybe this wasn't meant to be. So, you know, it's okay to, like, accept it if it's not going to work. But I generally go into, like, the California fresh vibe, fresher ingredients. I try not to do, like, too much fried food and things like that. I love what's in season. Um, I'm always inspired by different restaurants around and, like, food that I like to eat, my friends like to eat. Um, it's always worked really well. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. But I think if I was going to put together a cookbook, I would certainly have to add recipes that I grew up on, you know, from my yes. mother. Yeah, we do have some of that too. Oh. That's inspired. We have a few recipes in the cookbook based off different family members. Yes. There's a French onion dip in there oh. that is based off my grandpa, and he always has French onion dip at parties. And now when we do cookbook signings, if it's something local... He'll come and everybody will ask him to sign his page because he made the French onion dip. And like my dad's got a pepper, like a stuffed pepper recipe in there. My mom's apple pie. So I am right there with you. Yeah. We just kind of gave it like a flair to match everything. 
But yeah, the story and like the wholesomeness from friends and family are definitely intertwined in that book. I love that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm honestly, for all of you listeners, I'm actually, I'm like cradling this cookbook on my lap like <laughs> it's a baby because I could just feel the love in it. So what are the key elements people need to understand in order to build out their own recipes? You know, it's different from baking and cooking. I think cooking, I always, like one of my girlfriends is trying to really learn how to cook. Like she doesn't know how to make a lot of things. And I tell her all the time, like, start with what you like and go from there because more likely you're going to be invested in it and you'll want to learn. And like, she loves like Mediterranean food and hummus and things like that. And I'm like, have you ever made your own hummus? And she's like, no. And I'm like, Try it. Like, yes. if you like it, chances are you're going to really enjoy making it. So I always tell people, yes. start with that. Yes. Start yeah. with something you love. Yeah. Oh, that is a good idea because then if you make it yourself, taste it as you go, you're going to know what's missing. For it's sure. It's going to make it perfect. Yeah. And you get to eat it more. I love that. Simple. So please tell everyone where they can get Everyday Entertaining. Everyday Entertaining is sold at Anthropology, Barnes and Noble. You could get it on Amazon. Um, I think Crate and Barrel has it now too. William Sonoma. Um, yes, it's everywhere. She's out in the world, so be sure that. to pick up a copy. I was hoping you'd say William Sonoma because it's kind of like where you got your start. Yes, I know. It was very like full circle moment. We did a big um, like cooking demo and book signing. They just launched a new one over at um, the farmer's market near the Grove. They launched a big flagship store. So a few months ago, we went and did a little demo and a book signing. And I remember standing there and I was like, wow, this really is very full circle. It was cool. I I love that for you. So we're going to play a game. How do you like games? I do like games. Yay. Because yeah. When I started the podcast, I said, okay, I want to do a drink of the day and a game of the day on every podcast because I think it's really, really important to have fun in life. And this has been so much fun. Let's do it. So we do all of our drinks and our games focused on our guest and our topic. So today's game of the day is called Sous Chef. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. In this game, I'm going to read off a series of ingredients. Okay. And based on these main ingredients, you have to name the dish I'm making. (laughs) We're going to do two rounds, both being 60 seconds long. So if you get 12 total correct, you'll win a prize. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Love a prize. I know. Okay. So this round is brunch. Okay. Okay, so number one. I'm nervous. (laughs) Okay, number one. Fried tortilla, beans, salsa, eggs. Wait, was rancheros? Yes. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy. I know, I know. What is huevos (laughs) rancheros? Two. English muffin, ham. Eggs Benedict. Yes, yes. And for you listeners, it included a poached egg. Number three. Bread, milk, eggs, cinnamon, French toast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I what just is read the French answer. toast? What is French toast? Yes, thank you. Okay, four. Lemon, Dijon, butter, egg. Hollandaise? Yes. Oh, okay. We love Hollandaise. Yes. That's good. Okay, five. Oats, almond milk, and chia seeds. I don't oh. think I said 
Maybe like an overnight oat? That's it, yes. Okay. Okay. Sugar, salt, water, yeast. Bread. Cinnamon rolls. A bagel. Oh, a bagel. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Bread, avocado, olive oil, red pepper flakes. Avocado toast? Yes. Potatoes, butter, onion. That's all? Home fries. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Pie crust, eggs, cheese, ham. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I gave the answer on the other one. Okay. The second round is cocktails. Oh, okay. Love it. Campari, vermouth, gin. Negroni. Yes. Bourbon, bitters, sugar cube. Old-fashioned. Yes. I would not get any of these. Vodka, orange juice. A screwdriver. Yes. Okay. Vodka, Kahlua, espresso. Espresso martini. Yes. We love that. Vodka, vermouth, olive juice. Martini. Yes, dirty martini. Dirty martini. Okay. Straight. Simple syrup, bourbon whiskey, mint. A mint julep. Yes. Okay. Vodka, rum, gin, tequila, triple sec. A Long Island. Yes, it with yeah. cola in it. Wow, it's that was a lot of alcohol. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> tequila, orange juice, grenadine. Tequila sunrise? Yes. Okay. Peach, schnapps, orange juice. Oh, peach, schnapps. Orange juice. Oh, I think you're going to get me with this one. I'm not sure. Fuzzy navel. Oh, fuzzy navel. I haven't had that in a long time. Okay. That and was so fun. That unfortunately brings us to the end of this episode. So now before we wrap up, I have one more question for you. I started this podcast so that we, together with my guests, could share secrets that we've learned throughout our life, maybe from a loved one, from a friend, Something that's truly changed your life. Do you have a secret you could share with our listeners? Yes, I have a secret and the person that told me the secret. My Nana is so near and dear to my heart. And Mm. she is the person that I will call a lot of the time if I am struggling to make a decision or if I'm just struggling in general. And she's always just told me to recognize bullshit for what it is. I love it. It sounds crass, but it's really gotten me through some tough decisions and tough scenarios. She just is like, you have to recognize bullshit for bullshit. And especially, you know, as a woman and an entrepreneur and You know, I'm constantly making decisions by myself and I have to just tell myself like, hey, that's bullshit and recognize that. And you feel so much more confident in yourself and it's made me feel really sound with my decisions and it's really simple, effective (gasps) advice. And I probably tell myself at least a few times a week, like, hey, that's bullshit. I Makes you overthink less and just be a a better, stronger person. I (gasps) promise. I love your grandma. Same. She's the best. And yeah. thank you for sharing her secret with I, yes. the listeners. She'll be glad you know. Yes. So now please tell the listeners also where to find you online and where to pick up your book, Everyday Entertaining. Yes. So you can find me at thecollegehousewife.com. That houses all of my recipes, lifestyle content, entertaining parties. You can find me on Instagram, college underscore housewife. And be sure to grab a copy of Everyday Entertaining, um, sold at all the lovely places we named, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's my biggest passion project. I know you'll love it. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Secret Squad, head over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more fun from this 
episode. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.